We've got football coming up tonight. The NFL season kicks off with the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs playing host to the Houston Texans. Out on the diamond, it was a beautiful day for some baseball. And heading into 2020, many people thought there would be no high school football. Welcome to the WNCT Podcast Network. You're listening to WNCT 9 on your side, Sports Talk, with sports director Brian Bailey, Nolan Knight, and Kelsey O'Donnell. Welcome in, everyone. You're listening to another episode of WNCT 9 Your Side Sports Talk Podcast. I'm Kelsey O'Donnell alongside Sports Director Brian Bailey on my left, Nolan Knight right across from me. And today we would like to welcome our special guest, Larry Williford. Larry, welcome for starters. Thank you. Thank you for having me. No problem. So for those of you who don't know who are listening, Larry is the athletic director and head boys basketball coach over at Farmville Central. So what's going to go on today? Uh, we're going to talk about some things going on at Farmville with basketball. And then after we're finished with Larry, we'll wrap up with some other athletics across North Carolina and across the country. So Larry, for starters, you guys started out right now are 2-0 and on the season. How do you think this season is going compared to others with everything going on with the coronavirus? completely different um it's just everything that we've done in the past like leading into our preseason into the season we've kind of switched gears on how we approach this year uh, trying to get people adjusted to the mask was the first issue not really having a preseason um, we do a lot of our team building stuff in the preseason as far as our defensive build up and with not being able to have, you know, groups in the preseason. With our basketball program, it may be different than others. Everyone has a trainer. You know, everyone's doing their skill development on the mm-hmm. phone. So the time, anytime I get with the guys, I want it towards, you know, building a, a collective unit. Um, you know, we spend a little less time on individual skill development, more on team building stuff. That So when we do get the season, we've already got kind of like a small piece of the foundation. So it was uh, definitely a challenge. Yeah, Coach, how hard has it been? Because, you know, college basketball, and we talk to Joe Dooley every week, you know, they're testing two and three times a week. But for you guys, it's kind of like, you know, hit and miss. If someone has symptoms and they get tested, if someone, you know, if, if someone tests positive, then you may be done for a week or two. I mean, you know, I, I, feel, I really worry about the volleyball playoffs going on right now because if one team, you know, goes pretty far in the playoffs and the next thing you know somebody tests positive, then they're going to be done. And the same thing's going to happen to you guys, isn't it? Well, I think each each guy or each student athlete, just not just with basketball, just with every sport, you know, being an athletic director is, is an individual athletic student responsibility to do the right thing. Um, if you're in a compromised situation, you know, you have to sit out. You know, you have to go get tested. Um, and you try not to put yourselves in those situations. Now, sometimes those situations are going to find you and you're going to get the virus for, you know, and you can do all the right things. You know, my daughter is a rule follower. She's at NC State and she got it this summer. And if you would have polled everyone that knew us, they would have said she would have been the least likely person to get it because she follows every rule to the 10th degree. Um, so we talked a lot about with our basketball guys about who we hang out with, you know, what our responsibilities are, that there's a bigger picture. We're all on this ship together. And if one goes down, the whole ship sinks. And, you know, we had an unfortunate thing with green central having a COVID case and, Mm -hmm. and it it affected us. And so now we're sitting out for 10 days and we can't start back until Tuesday. 
Talking about these games, you, you mentioned that one of the biggest uh, things the team had to get used to was wearing the mask. I've been at these games, and the referees are on the players about keeping <laughs> the mask on. Uh, and, and that's something that you hear often during the game. How difficult was that for the guys? Because watching them, I mean, a lot of times I've seen guys that are struggling to breathe because, A, they're sprinting up and down the court and they have a mask over their face. What, what was that transition like? Have they gotten used to it? Are they still complaining about it? The complaining is a lot less. With our basketball program, we talked about it the first 10 minutes, the very first day we were all together, and we talked about how much we didn't like it. And after that, I told him if we spent any more time talking about the mask, we were wasting time. That if you wanted to play basketball and you loved basketball, the mask was going to be part of, you know, this season for the foreseeable future. And, you know, I've been pleasantly surprised. Uh, you know, the biggest problem that w- that I've seen where it's different than volleyball is the amount of running you do in basketball is not even comparable to volleyball. And that's not discredited, discredited mm-hmm. volleyball at all. It's just an all-out sprint, especially if you play the way we play. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and the amount of sweating from, you know, I've seen in our practices where the mass just gets so heavy and so wet um, where you can actually like wring them out like a oh, washcloth. Oh, man. It, and and then, then that's the problem when they can't stay on the nose when they get so wet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't even think about that. So <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> that that's been the biggest issue. Um, you know, first it was getting them to communicate without the mask. Well, I mean, with, every year getting kids to communicate on the court is the, is the number one thing we try to do. I think if any basketball team, regardless of their skill level, if you can get them to talk on the basketball court, especially on the defensive end, you're going to be better than most teams. Um, and if you've ever been in a school setting where kids are wearing a mask, it's almost like a shield. Um, they, they act like they don't have to speak to you. You can say hello to them in the hallway, and they just look at you. <laughs> so now, now you're trying to get them to talk on the court with the mask. So, you know, really the first seven, eight days, I would bet 90% of our practice was just me screaming at them to communicate and talk. And um, for us, I think that was, was going to be the biggest thing that was going to make us where we're going to go to the next level, where we're going to be a good team that would talk wearing the mask. Has it been different coaching with the mask on, and, and, and how hard has that been? Oh, man. <laughs> I feel like, I, like my face is so, like, for me, it, it's like when you, I don't know if, if this is across the board, but, like, when you breathe your own breath, and maybe I got bad breath, I don't know. <laughs> it's like I have headaches every day, like at the end of the day. Like, I can tell the days where I've been out of my office and had my mask on all day long, and then in the practice. Um, for me, that, that's been the biggest thing, and, and sweating around the face, um, because I'm loud, I'm vocal, um, and, and as my wife will tell you, I holler a lot. So, um, you know, when you're constantly, you know, I ain't going to say screaming, but trying to get your point across to guys that are sprinting up and down the court, the, my mask gets wet, um, so it's definitely been an adjustment. Has the officiating? And I like to drink a lot of Mountain Dews during a game. <laughs> that's definitely a problem. Has the officiating been better or worse with the mask? And do you think they ought to put the mask over their eyes and try it? <laughs> I've been I've been pleasantly surprised with the officiating with the mask. Good. I think they you, you got to have a good feel for what's going on. You know, if 
anyone thinks they're going to come to a basketball game and they're going to see mass compliance at 100%, that's not going to happen. What, what I hope the general public would understand is that it, we're trying to get the mask to be worn as much as possible the proper way. It's going to fall down when you're sprinting yeah. sometimes. Um, and I think that's where the state came in. I think it was a smart idea with the you know, uh, official timeout, the first dead ball mm-hmm. under four minutes, kind of like a TV timeout. It's like the mask timeout where you can go to the bench, kind of get your breath, readjust your mask if you need to switch one out for a a cloth mask, any mask issue. So you get one of those each quarter, and that has definitely helped. That's nice. I didn't even – I recognized that um, last time I was at your game, I actually turned to one of the other reporters at our competitor station and was like, what are they doing? So I didn't realize that they put that in play, and I think that's a really awesome thing because I know just from working out, it's hard just to have a mask on in general because you're out of breath so often. Well, I think it's helped the general consensus – for the way we play, like I would not want to have that break feels up to me because our style is trying to get you to play at our pace um, for 32 minutes. So that's just four more timeouts. So now a team has they can stop play nine times instead of just the five times that the coach has. So I think it's for teams that play at the pace we play at, it's, it's an advantage because that's one more chance to stop the momentum. Uh, stop the running where they get to catch their breath. And the other big so thing, the two, is, two-edged sword. Yeah, and the other big thing is the crowds, coach, because you know at Farmville, you know you guys roll up the sidewalks when when the Jaguars <laughs> are playing, and everybody goes to the games, and and it's just it's disheartening to see no crowds at the games, isn't it? It is. We talked a lot about that also too. The first, well, we talk about it every night at practice. Is that. So for as long as I've been here, and I think this is year 21 here for me, is that I've always preached to our guys is that we love our fans and we want them there, but if you're playing for the fans, you're playing for the wrong reason. And this year kind of like encapsulates everything I've told any other player that's ever come through this basketball program is that you're playing for the guy beside you. That's awesome. And, you know, we're trying to be our motto is trying to be our brother's keeper. You know, we, we, you know, being the best brother we can be and, and playing hard, cheering hard for our teammates, doing all those things because it's almost like we're in a boat and, and we're all by ourselves. Uh, and that's what we've tried to preach. Okay. We had, I do have one quick question before we let you go. Obviously, you guys were co-state champions last year. What kind of grit and determination did you bring in this year with this team? Is there a push? Do you guys feel unsettled since your season ended last year like that and not being able to play in that final game? Things happened so fast last year. It was – you almost didn't have time to digest how fast it happened. It was – you know, you got a phone call that you were going – only play in front of 50 people. Four hours later, you're told that you're, you might play. Then you're out of school and you don't see them. And then it's told you're done, you know. And with this group coming in, there's a lot of guys who hadn't played a lot of varsity minutes. Um, there's a lot of guys who were backups last year who were thrust into a more prominent role. So there was a lot of people, I think, that have a lot to prove, uh, especially playing at a, at a basketball program that's had as much success as we've had. So I've challenged a lot of guys to step up and, you know, uphold the tradition of, you know, former central basketball. And been so far I've been pleasantly surprised. 
not surprised. I, I knew what they were capable of doing. I've been I've been happy with you know how they've responded to being in the spotlight. Well, that's awesome. And it's you guys are certainly fun to watch. Certainly fun to cover. I know I've been I've been at both home games so far. Um, hopefully, extend the lead even more. Your next game is Friday at seven at home against the two and Hertford County Bears. So we wish you the best of luck and thank you so much for joining Schedule us. Change. Schedule oh. change. Kelsey, that game has been canceled due to us being in the Never mind. Uh, contact tracing <laughs> from the Green Central contest. So our next game will be Wednesday. We were originally supposed to play Tuesday, our first conference game. We've bumped that back one day to Wednesday. Uh, that's versus North Johnston at home. So it'll give us one day to practice, and then we'll jump right on the court and play. All right, good to night. know. So Wednesday and Friday of next week. Yes, COVID's always keeping us on our toes. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely is. All right, Larry, thank, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks, right. Coach. Appreciate uh-huh. it. Bye-bye. He's one of the best. One of the best for sure, Larry Williford, the head coach at Farmville Central. And uh, just an uh, all-around good guy. And, and he really, I mean, I remember, you know, those dark days of March when, you know, you're right in the middle of a playoffs. Mm-hmm. And, then, and all of a sudden you're being told, hey, you know, you're going to, like he said, you'll be playing in front of 25, 50 people. Then we might not play. And then mm-hmm. we're not going to play. And, uh, I mean, you know, and they didn't know what they were going to say because at one point there, there were some rumors going around that the North Carolina High School League might just name both of them regional champions yeah. instead of state champions. But they did the right thing. They, you know, Definitely. The West champion should have been a state champion mm-hmm. and the East champion, Farmville Central, should have been I a mean, state I mean, I, I met with, with Coach Williford and the, and the girls' team who were also in the state championship mm-hmm. game over in Raleigh. Uh, yeah, and Raleigh earlier that week, and they were talking, we're going to play this game, we're yeah. going to play this game, and, and <laughs> all the coaches so were there, and, and this, they rolled out state championship rings that you could look at, and they were ready to play the game, right. and, and then just like that, it, it ended, and uh, what a talented team they had last year, and obviously this year, another talented team. So keeping with the high school basketball theme, I'm not sure if you guys heard the 2021 Carolina's Classic All-Star Basketball Games was canceled. Um, that was due to COVID-19 and public health concerns, um, as it is everything else being canceled. But the annual event was planned for Wilmington, North in Wilmington, North Carolina, which also features the top public high school senior boys and girls players from North Carolina and South Carolina. Yeah, and we're going to see more and more of that. You know, I think a lot of us thought that we, when we got to 2021, things would get back to normal. It's not going to be normal for a while. I think that, that we're looking at football season before we start to get – and it may not even be football season, but I think that's what we can look forward to as far as, you know, normalcy again. We haven't talked to the guys over at Greenville Little League lately either, but you know, they're supposed to host the right. World Series in softball, and they didn't get a chance last year. And, and this year, I think it's looking, you know, doubtful too because mm-hmm. you can't fly all those people in from all over the world if this pandemic is still raging. So, uh, and that's an, that's another shame because that's going to put you know Greenville on the map. And uh, and I think about that a lot. That's a, that's a huge deal in August for for all of us you know, to, to watch. <laughs> I was excited for that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> I remember that announcement being over there. I think yeah, you and I were over there and we were that, live yeah. streaming it too. So that's a bummer. But um, turning now to some other sports, ECU men's basketball is coming off of a Saturday loss at home against USF. That final score was 69-63. to 63. Nolan, you were at the game, correct? Yeah. What I was, was going there. on there? It was, I <laughs> yes. caught a little bit of it. <laughs> um, close game. ECU led by one point at the half, 26-25. to 25. What did you guys see from players there? Obviously, Tremont Robinson White played lights out during the second half, um, scored 29 points. The Bulls got hot, man. They couldn't miss for a little while. And, <laughs> and East Carolina couldn't buy a half. basket yeah. at the same time. And 
like you mentioned, Tremont Robinson White had an unbelievable second half. He he was unconscious. I mean, he was hitting everything, <laughs> and but the comeback fell a little short. They had some opportunities to to even make it a game late. Had some open looks that that could have put it in a situation where it was a one possession game and they just couldn't get the, the baskets to fall. Yeah, and, and really when you look at, at what they're going through with the COVID nineteen and being without some players, uh, you know, that that's hurt them a little bit. And I think that, you know, just just being together, basketball is such a sport where you have to practice and practice and practice and, and, and you you know, you watch college basketball every year. Teams don't look the same in November that they look, you know, in late February. Oh yeah. Because they've gotten mm-hmm. together and, and the good teams really excel. And we're still hoping East Carolina can turn it around and, and win some games in the conference. And I think they're one in three now in conference play. Had their game this week mm-hmm. postponed. Uh, they were supposed to go to Cincinnati uh, tonight, and, and that game was postponed. So uh, hopefully they can turn this thing around starting on Saturday against Temple. Right, so the men overall 7-3 and three right now, riding a two-game losing streak, um, looking to snap that against Tulane. Oh, excuse me. Um, they had losses to Tulane in the previous week is what I made note here. Um, looking at the EC women's basketball team, kind of a similar situation. Started strong, um, similar in a sense that they're riding a two-game losing streak. Uh, last Saturday's game at Wichita State was postponed, but they are playing tonight against Central Florida at home. Yeah, and, and they've really played well as, as well. I mean, they, they've got some great athletes on that team, and I think that – you know, in this league, obviously UConn is gone, so it's anybody's you know to win. But USF is is ranked nationally. They're really, really good, and there's some good teams in this league. So, but but I think East Carolina is in the upper echelon as far as mm-hmm. women's basketball. I think they've proven it so far, and hopefully they can continue that. Yeah, and they're fun to watch too. So, turning to ACC hoops, I got to start out with um, number 16 Louisville sits at the top of the leaderboard at eight and one this season, three and zero in conference play. Once I got that out, ACC, we had a big matchup last night. Number 19, Duke, played number 20, Virginia Tech. Hokies came out on top, 74-67. What do you think? Well, I, I listened <laughs> to Coach K's press conference afterwards, and he kind of just said that Virginia Tech right now is in places that Duke is not. And I think what he meant with that is, is Tech has some experienced players that are playing like they have some experience. And Duke is really, really young. And as we just said about teams looking one way in November, one way in February, early March. And I think Coach K and company, and they haven't played that many games. No, they have They've had some COVID problems. And, uh, and the games that they have had that they have losses were against some of the best teams in the country, Michigan mm-hmm. State, Illinois. And they were down 36-18 at one point in that game. They came all the way back. Uh, they did take the lead, didn't they? Or they never did, had they the lead, took the lead? They got within one? Uh, so within they got one. close, yeah. Mm-hmm. I knew they got close at one point Late in that the second, second half. half. Matthew Hurt put them back in the Matthew game. Matthew Hurt was good last night, yeah. And then uh, Virginia Tech went on for the win. But uh, Virginia Tech's up there in the conference standings. Virginia's up there in the conference mm-hmm. standings. So uh, North Carolina played well last night in the second game against Syracuse. That was going back and forth all night. And uh, the Tar Heels... Uh, came through. That was a big win for for North Carolina. They they needed something some, you know they've they've had a couple of tough games recently. Find themselves in the middle of the standings and uh, whenever you can take down Syracuse, that's a pretty marquee win and and that's where you can build some momentum off of as you go deeper into the ACC schedule. And, and they've got some young guards and, and obviously Dayron's young. He's a freshman, the former South Central star, but but he's looked uh, good. He has. He's really played well. I think Coach Williams really really likes him a lot and. Uh, it's fun to watch guys like that. Uh, Dontre Styles, we'll get a chance to see oh, next yeah. year. <laughs> oh yeah, when he plays at North Carolina. So uh, I, I think that you know that's really neat when you can see. You know, North Carolina is a national program, 
and they're recruiting guys in our backyard, mm-hmm. and they always have. That is fun to watch. Yeah. When you have this much talent, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have people playing places. It's so weird, though, that you know this season is so different in 2021, and the ACC doesn't look like the normal ACC. Mm-mm. Clemson's the highest-ranked team at 16. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's strange. Louisville, they're a pretty good program, and they look like they're going to be pretty good this year. But Duke not being itself, North Carolina hasn't looked like itself for the past two years. Uh, it's it's a different time in ACC basketball, and that's normally what the conference is known for. Yeah. And after this year, now it looks more like a football conference. <laughs> <laughs> so UNC will play at Florida State Saturday at noon for their next matchup. But speaking That'll of Florida, <laughs> speaking of Florida State, the six and three Wolfpack are in Florida right now, preparing for their um, evening matchup at six thirty. 6.30 p.m. tip-off. Um, they are coming off the most recent loss at Miami on Saturday. 64-59 was that final. Yeah, and, and they're another team that, that hopes to finish in an upper echelon of the Atlantic Coast Conference, and, and they've got some good young players, and, and they're fun to watch. It's like some of those teams can't really get the consistency to, to – to get to the second, third, fourth slot in the Atlantic Coast Conference. I mean, they just they lack that. I think that's what we've seen with Carolina with consistency, uh, State with consistency, obviously with Duke losing last night. So it, it's not a typical year in the ACC because usually Duke and Carolina are at the top. And, yep, and then you're and everybody yeah. else is looking EVA's up to them. up there and then yeah. trying to figure out who's going to be the at-large bitch, which is normally NC State, and they're kind of in that same situation where uh, they, they started the season hot and now they've lost a couple of games. Um, and they're trying to, you know, figure it out for for the tournament at the end of the year. Um, it seems like they're in that conversation of will they get in or will they not get in for the past three or four years now. Um, but they but they have some talent on that roster. Let's take a look real quick across the country. Um, college basketball AP Top Twenty Five number one Gonzaga um, sits at the top of the leaderboard, or twelve and zero on the season. Baylor is in the number two slot this week, and Villanova is at number three. Yeah, and the Zags are really, yeah. really good. <laughs> They're not going to lose a game. I, I mean, I don't <laughs> think so. If they if they play their game, I and I watched them when they played Virginia. I watched every second of that game, and Virginia's known for that great defense. And I really thought, hey, they'll hold them to in the seventies at least, and they didn't. Mm-hmm. And Gonzaga just just they'll win every game by double hoop. digits. I think. Yeah, I think they're really, really talented, really, really good, and. Uh, they've got to be the favorite when we go to March Madness, which will be a very different March Madness this year, all being played in the state of Indiana. Indiana, yep. (laughs) So turning to college football, we had our college football finals on Monday. Top-ranked Alabama took down number three, Ohio State, 52-24 to was that final. I forget what our predictions were last time. We talked about this, but I know it was completely off. I said (laughs) 52-24. I don't know what the rest of y'all said. My heart heart was with Ohio State, but... I think I wanted to be different. Alabama. So. Well, Alabama just you know, what I saw from Ohio State in the Clemson game. I really thought Ohio State had a chance. I did too, and I think that shows you just how good Alabama oh is. Oh my goodness, because they played Alabama lights was, out. You know, and Ohio State played them tough early and, and hung around for about a quarter and a half. But Alabama was just relentless. I mean, Devontae Smith was just – I don't know what the defensive game plan was the Buckeyes put out there, but it didn't work. It didn't. Oh it goodness. was not guarding I mean, Number Devontae six Smith. was running around, you know, all <laughs> – all night by himself. Everyone knew that he was going to get the ball. Yeah. <laughs> and he just kept getting the ball. He had 12 catches in the first half. 12 catches and 214, I think, Three yards, touchdowns. Three touchdowns. All and, in the, and then he was hurt. For hurt his finger <laughs> on, oh like, goodness, the second – very early in the second half, and then he, he was out the rest of the game, but the damage was done. Yeah. How about Mac Jones? Threw for 464 yards and five touchdowns. Yeah. At the start of the season, he wasn't. There were talks that he wasn't going to be the starting quarterback, and he ended up putting a Heisman-worthy campaign. Uh, and now he finds himself, you know, probably going to get drafted. 
uh, with you know Alabama wasn't known for quarterbacks for right. a while, and here the past couple of years they've they've gotten a, cu- a couple of guys in the NFL starting for some teams. Yes, he definitely put himself on the map after this season, and it's always fun to follow people who are considered underdogs. If you're throwing it to Devontae <laughs> Smith, though, your stats are gonna be a yeah, that's bad. true. Right. <laughs> All right, turning to the NFL Super Wild Card Weekend was this past weekend. Obviously, top-ranked Chiefs and Packers received a first-round bye, um, but running through a couple of the games, Ravens versus Titans. Ravens came out on top 20 to 13. Did you catch any of that game over the weekend? I caught all of the games. <laughs> That's a rule around my house. When the playoffs start, you I watch like the that. playoffs. That's a if good you rule. go to dinner, you watch the playoffs. <laughs> you go out for a snack, you watch the playoffs. Because they only come around a once snack. a year. And, uh, <laughs> Lamar Jackson finally did what I think fans wanted to yeah. see from him in the playoffs, yeah. and that was take over a game and be as electric as he is during the season. And, and he was versus the Titans. He's been getting some flack that he hasn't been able to do in the playoffs. And granted, he's only in his, uh, I think this was his third year in the playoffs, but he got to win this year. And, and that's a dangerous team. They're hot. I mean, I, I don't think they've lost a game in in a while. I think it's been five or five plus games since they've lost. They're, they're one of the hottest teams going into the playoffs. It'll be fun to follow along. How about, um, I guess we all saw this one coming. I didn't think it would necessarily happen, but the Browns beat the Steelers 48 to 37. I remember pulling that game up at halftime and thinking, what the heck is going on? If you watch the first play of the game. <laughs> oh, my goodness, say, I know. What, what the heck's going on? Yeah, that's got to be one of those. Roethlisberger looked up and goes, oh, oh my crap. God. Yeah. It's going to be a long <laughs> night. But, yeah, that, I mean, that was the surprise of the playoffs. Not that Cleveland beat them, but just the way they beat them. And, you know, but the Steelers, you know, the Steelers may go down as the worst 11-0 team in the history of the mm-hmm. National Football League because when they were 11-0, you know, it almost seemed like the last couple of wins they had, you know, they got by the skin of their teeth. They beat the Cowboys at one point, and Dallas was terrible this year. And I watched that whole game, and Dallas should have beaten They had two bad calls on the last drive, or Dallas would have beaten them. And I knew that they weren't that good then. <laughs> and then Washington beat them, and then, you know, had a couple other losses. Buffalo beat them, and then Cleveland comes up and just pounds them in the playoffs. So I think the matchups this weekend, though, I think I think they'll be fun to watch as well. They I don't will. know how, if we'll have any shockers like we had. Uh, First time in a while the Browns have gone to the playoffs, too. Oh, yeah, long, long time. Won a playoff game, first time since uh, 95. And their coach couldn't even be with them. And, and to me, I think I think we talked about, I talked about that on the radio this week. The NFL in this COVID year should have come up with some plan where is if, if a coach can't coach in the game because of COVID, he could still communicate. Because he's not yeah, allowed to do agree. any communications. So he can't even he can't even phone in at halftime and say, yeah. you know, win one for the Gipper. He can't do any of that. He's and just it, sitting on his couch yeah. watching the game. Did you hear the story that that um he said he said that he was watching it downstairs and evidently the feed that they were watching upstairs was ahead a little oh bit. Oh gosh. Maybe he was streaming it or something. <laughs> but he said he knew a big play was coming because all of his kids and the wife and everything were yelling and screaming. So then he was, so could you imagine on that first play? They're all oh screaming. Oh, like, yeah. oh my god, what happened? <laughs> and the snap goes over his head. I just I keep imagining him watching these stupid commercials and all the nonsense yeah. that keep rolling when he's trying to figure oh, out gosh. how to win the game. All right, Bills beat the Colts over the weekend, 27 to 24. Um, looking at some other teams, the Buccaneers beat the Washington football team, 31 to 23. The Rams beat the Seahawks, 30 to 20. I don't know. That was probably the shocker. That yeah. was a shock. Cleveland's win the way they did it, and then the Rams win because the Rams' defense just totally throttled. Right. You know, Seattle, and and they've got a they've got a chore this week. If they get some heat on Aaron Rodgers, but I just don't think they they can get enough heat on him. It just feels like 
the Packers here for some reason to me. It feels it like does. the Packers Chiefs, even though they're both the number one seeds, and that, that's how it's most easy people to always say look. That, but but it just looks like that. That's you know, I, Buffalo. I think in the AFC could beat Kansas City, mm-hmm. but I don't see Kansas City losing this week. And Buffalo could fall to Baltimore. I mean, the Ravens could beat Buffalo. Yeah. yeah. And then our final game of the Super Wild Card weekend was the Saints and Bears. Saints came out on top 21-9. to So looking ahead for this weekend, Saturday we've got Ravens versus Bills and Rams versus Packers. And then on Sunday it's the Buccaneers and the Saints and the Browns versus the Chiefs. And the Buccaneers-Saints game, you know, everybody's talking about Tom Brady and Drew Brees. But you know, Drew Brees has owned those guys this yeah. year. I mean, mm-hmm. I think I think I, it was was it seventy four to twenty nine. It was the the scores in the two games or something crazy oh, like that. Two games, yeah. Have a go with the Saints. Yeah, the Saints have owned the Bucks, and, and so the Bucks are going to have to play much much better uh, to stay in that game. And, and another thing that, that I brought up a couple of times, and, and uh, I had a former player on the radio with me this week, Robert Jones, who played at East Carolina, mm-hmm. played for the Cowboys. But I brought up the fact that that some of these home field advantages, you know, aren't really an advantage no. in COVID. It's no fans. The Saints is, is a great example. The mm-hmm. Packers will be a great example. Yeah, that. I mean, those are places. You know, the Packers obviously it's so cold, but still, if it's a blizzard, you're still going to get a packed house. You know, mm-hmm. bundled all I mean, up. Think, think of Buffalo and Bills Mafia. Buffalo the same. They way. were able to get some like some right. fans this week, and it was a little bit of atmosphere. So that was. Yeah. That was cool to actually see people in the stands. Yeah, that is fun. So I'm excited to watch some of these games this weekend. I know you won't be missing any. No. If you <laughs> so, go to dinner, you watch the playoff. If you go get a snack, you watch the playoff. The snack. I like that one. That's Bella's word. I love it. All right, ending on one final note. Hockey is back today, and the Canes will play tomorrow. We'll kick off their season Thursday, January 14th at the Detroit Wed Wings, 7.30 p.m. And I heard one of the ESPN commentators picking Carolina to make it to the Stanley Cup Finals, oh. which is encouraging. You know, they're fun to watch and they're fun to cover. If you ever get a chance, and hopefully we will, you've been down there a few year. times. I got Nolan. to go last year. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was it was one of the coolest experiences I've had working in the business. Yeah, and the playoffs. I didn't get a chance. You know, when they made their Stanley Cup run, I couldn't go because at that time. We were in a desperate situation as far as as TV and revenues, and we had cut us down to one sports guy, sports person on the staff. So I was down to just me, and so I couldn't get there. It was just too hard to try to get there and and watch it and come back, cover it, because you had to have it on the air. And we didn't have, at the time, we didn't have Ken Watling, who can obviously fill in. Uh, Watlington, I forgot he got he got his name back. Uh, Ken Watlington, so we didn't have anything like that, so I didn't get a chance then. But I did get a chance last couple of times. The Canes have gone to the playoffs, and that's been a lot of fun. Playoff hockey is just it's just really different. But uh, you know, but again, the Saints fans are not going to. They were supposed to have that outdoor game this year. They, yeah. they canceled that. That would have been cool. Yeah. All right, their first home game will be a week from tomorrow, so we'll definitely keep they that on the two schedule. Two in Detroit, and then come and play two in Nashville. Yes. Which is part of the NHL trying to condense games and keep teams from traveling as much as they usually do, again, because of COVID-19. Which, speaking of, I believe, I was talking to my roommate, who's the assistant women's lacrosse coach at ECU, I believe they're going to be playing conference games coming this spring, and it's going to be almost like a round robin. So they'll play the same team on like a Friday and a Saturday or a Saturday and a Sunday, which in lacrosse that's kind of unheard of with back-to-back games against the same team. And baseball, their schedule's coming out this week, I think, and they're going to go to a conference slate. I believe it's going to be a Friday game, two on Saturday and one on Sunday, and no midweek games 
during the conference schedule. Mm-hmm. So you won't be playing Tuesdays and Wednesdays, which I think hurts us because we always enjoy those Tuesday yeah. and Wednesday <laughs> games. But uh, they'll play a game Friday. The thing I haven't heard yet is if they're going to play two nines on Saturday or a nine and a seven and then play the one two on Sunday. Two nines is a long I mean, day a long baseball. Day baseball. <laughs> and, and the problem they're going to have... <laughs> The problem they're going to have is is the weather is so questionable this time of year. I mean, they're, they're going to start yeah. in the middle of February, and we all know February, March, oh. the weather is brutal at times, and so that's going to you know, ring through your hands so, when you hit the ball off the bat. Oh, that is not a fun. Be, <laughs> your fingers are going to fall off the camera. I know. I'm going to have to find some gloves. All right, that will do it for our WNCT 9 Year Side Sports Talk. Do you guys have anything else? That's Final it. Final closing comments? That's all I got. That's all we got. <laughs> all right, for Brian Bailey, Nolan Knight, I'm Kelsey O'Donnell. Thanks for listening.